on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Hey, good everyone. It is the clubhouse right around Australia. Great to have your company. So we talk all things golf. Mark Allen is here. My name's Julian Bayard. Marco, welcome. G'day, Jules. Nice to see you. Always Any golf this week? Or is it too cold no, for you? I'm, mate, the cold doesn't keep me away. I love it. Really? I love the cold. I love putting the beanie on. Actually, it's been you're... cold down here, though. It's been one twenty degree day after another. It's I did ridiculous. Actually, did actually play on Tuesday this week, and it was magnificent. Had the uh, have your shorts on? on? No, I had the pants on, right but on. I had the short sleeve top. Yeah, it was beautiful. People in New South Wales, Queensland, probably Western Australia as well, mm. just wondering what the hell we're talking about because they're always playing in shorts. But yep. down here... It gets a little cold. The back end of May, yeah. they normally got the cords on down here. But I feel I felt as though I was playing in some sort of British Open, yeah. you know, with the wind and my beanie on. <laughs> That's nice. It's a good way to play. Yep. Have, you, have you ever played over in... Um, in no. Oh. No. Cold? No, don't don't well, you don't go don't play when it's cold. Go over in July or August. Yeah, so if you're over there during the British Open, British Open's always in July. Um, tag on a trip to Ireland. Tag yes. on a trip to or some of the other golf courses. Well, a guy from our office just got back and played all the courses over there. Oh, now I have. He's been yes. telling me about this trip for two years. Yes, uh, he would have had the time of his life. Yep. But I promise you this, Jules, there is nothing better than playing that style of golf when you've come from our style of golf. <laughs> because it's really easy. I mean, it feels easier. Yep. And the other amazing thing about playing Lynx golf is that you walk on the greens and you go, this is soft as soft. I'm going to be fizzing the ball all over the place. And yet the first green comes and you hit your eight iron and it lands on the front edge and bounces over the back. Yeah. And you go, what just happened? Whoa. And then you walk on that green and it feels soft. It's just the sand and the fescue grass. And the other great thing about it, well, Ron, do you, do you mind if we talk about this? No, please. I, I love talking about it. I love yes. playing that style of golf. Well, it's coming up soon anyway. Uh, it's the same grass for the greens, the fringes, mm -hmm. the fairways, the tees, and pretty much the rough close to the fairways. I mean, you can pretty much putt from 100 metres away. Yeah, so it's the one grass. <laughs> yeah. And what that means is you get a very honest bounce. Yep. Now, when you play our golf courses in this country, particularly down in the sand belt, your ball can land six foot short of the green in a cooch and it won't bounce very yep. far. And yet, if it landed four foot on the green, it might bounce and then roll yes. an extra, I don't know, 30 feet. So it's a reasonably honest bounce, but not super honest. Yep. Uh, in America, yeah, anything can happen there. It's actually it's actually a pretty honest bounce in America because you land on the green, it's soft. You land short of the green, it's soft. Yeah. We're kind of out of step. Well, I but blame I blame all my golf on that because I reckon five times on Tuesday when I play, I said, you land short? What about the bounce I got there? Yeah. Oh, now you need an honest bounce. How's my luck? And that's the best thing about yeah. playing golf in it's Ireland a, a great excuse, or Scotland <laughs> or the British Isles because you, you actually can trust the bounce. You can't trust our bounce, not mm. one bit. Yep. And then because you're trusting the bounce, you feel like you can chip your nine iron and bump and run it. You feel like you can putt from a million miles off. You feel like if you've got a seven iron in downwind yep. that you can land it short <laughs> of the green. Just bump it up. You don't have to hit the biggest, highest shot in the world to try and land it on the front edge and hopefully it pulls up. Mm -hmm. You can actually just hit a normal seven iron trust that if it bounces 20 feet short of the green, that it'll bounce on and go to that front pin. Mm -hmm. It's a fantastic way to play golf. Yep. It's brilliant. And you I can't wait. I wonder, love I it. 
one day. You would so love it. Paid more. Absolutely we'll love it. Do a review. We will do it. We'll do the show from over <laughs> we there. We might have to. Take all our listeners and we'll have a great time. Uh, Got to get to... Uh, plenty on today. Plenty on in the show. Well, we need to talk about Jason, Jason Day. Da- well, two things. Yep. Your favourite golfer, Jason Day. Yeah. At your favourite golf course, TBC Force. Well, no, hang on Note a second. Note the sarcasm in what I'm saying. <laughs> I do lo- I love Jason Day. Yes. I... I, I Ever since he came out and said that he's going to be slower than he has ever been, that's when alarm bells rang for a lot of people who watch the game and follow the game very closely yes. because it's the wrong way to play. One, it's a shocking example for every other human being who plays the game. No, we don't like that. But two, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And Jason Day, we spoke about this last week. Jason Day did yeah, when we did part A and part B of putting, yes, he did everything opposite to what we were talking about. <laughs> Once the real heat got on, yes, he changed. He went even slower. <sighs> so he's practiced on the Tuesday, he's practiced on Wednesdays, played Thursday and Friday. Should a great round Friday, sixty three, mm-hmm. eight birdies, one bogey. So he's playing a certain way, and then once the heat came, he started doing it totally differently. Yep. So this is the question that I ask: Why? Would you practice one way your whole life? Yep. And then when the highest of pressure comes, you choose to do things totally different. And this is what it you... It doesn't make sense. And if you listen to this show regularly or going back and listen to the podcast, two weeks ago, we said, why do you putt so much better on the practice screen than what you do when you're out on the course? It's because people don't do the same thing when they Correct. practice as what they do out on the course. And the other thing that's very important when we have this Jason Day discussion about the way he was lining up is that he became... Ultra exact. And that's what he was doing. He was taking all this time to be ultra exact. Now, I know you I know you want to feel comfortable when you're over a putt and you want to feel comfortable. But you never feel comfortable under that pressure. Yep. Very rarely. I mean, it's a special day when that happens. But the best players in the world, they make it work. Because they've trained their bodies just to look at the line, put their feet in first perhaps, plonk the putter down behind and trust Trust is the key word. Yes. You trust well, your whole it. life. Yep. And you don't worry about the consequences, particularly when you practice, because there are no consequences. Mm. That's right. But when there is pressure, that's when you have to trust the most. And you're always feeling awkward. You're never really sure under pressure. But the players who do well under pressure, and the times that, in my experience, I've played well under pressure, you just trust. You throw everything out the window. Mm. You throw all your fears out. You don't worry. And you stick to that routine that you have practiced since you were 13 years old and you trust your alignment. You don't second guess yourself. You plonk the putter down behind. You saw the line in the first place and you plonked your putter down behind that line. Your feet were already on the line. You have your two looks and you pull the trigger. You've got to trust. But what we saw with Jason, not only with the putting, but also with the hitting, is that he just didn't trust. He had to be ultra exact and it doesn't work. Tension through the body, and we saw what happened. He you know, hit two amazing shots on the 16, uh, a little bit left off the tee. The public stopped it, and he still hit nine to this hole where it is fair to a driver, mm-hmm. a flat-out three-wood, <laughs> and probably a 90-yard wedge. He knocked it on with a driver and an iron yeah. after the fans had stopped it. So, you know, he was hitting it better than anybody else. He, he was definitely swinging a lot yes, better. Yes, his swing looked good. Yeah, his looked swing crazy. looked beautiful. Yep. But with, um, that, with that putting, Marco... Yep. He does this a lot, but when he lined up that putt on the playoff, yep. he stood over it, right? 
Yeah. And he could he could see his feet. He wasn't comfortable. He was standing there and he was just wobbling his feet. Correct. And he wobbled his feet side to side and transferred and tried yep. to get ready. I reckon he did it for 10 seconds. You've got a good eye. Jules, you've been doing this show for way too long. You've got a fantastic <laughs> eye and you are paying attention because he doesn't do that normally, no. does he? And the shuffle is all about getting your feet in the right spot yep. instead of just trusting that yep. your feet are going to be in the right spot. Mm. Uh, you know, every, every golf coach will tell you, the ones who know what they're doing, they would prefer you to have a very confident stroke from 20 feet, a very confident stroke that's misaligned just a little bit, than an exact alignment but an uncomfortable unconfident stroke yeah, because the other one's got more of a chance of going in because it doesn't have to be exact doesn't it just has to be a good putt I mean who knows what's going to happen along the way who knows whether you know you've misaligned it and it's 20 foot putt and it hits a little heel mark it mm. hits a, a putter mark it, I mean, it just doesn't matter it, it just drifts it <laughs> I mean you've seen slow motion putts haven't you yeah you, you've seen it the ball doesn't hug it the grass it felt. bounces it yeah it, it does it's yeah. not felt it's not a pool table. It is a golf green where there are heel marks, spike marks, putter marks, caddy marks. People have spat on the green. There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Plug marks. Yep. Everything. So all you can do is hit good putts. Yep. That's all you can do. And if it's your day, they'll drop. If it's not your day, they will not. But I can promise you this. If you are uncomfortable over the ball and that makes an uncomfortable, unconfident stroke, then you're not going to get anywhere near it. Mm. And that's what we saw, in my view, Jason's back nine and the playoff. Yep. It just didn't work. All right. What about the course itself, Marco? Because you famously said oh, last yeah. week on the show, quote, the worst venue on the PGA Tour. Yeah. yeah well, that's the last <laughs> time we're going to see it too. So the new venue is all set to go. <laughs> and there's going to be a new one. I had Craig Spence. Now, Craig Spence is the 99 Australian Masters champion. And yes. um, we were talking to him on, cha- on my other show, Chasing Birdies, during the week. And... I asked him whether he'd played uh, the Byron Nelson. He said yes several times. And I said, is it the worst golf course that you've ever played a tournament on? And he said yes. <laughs> and, and, and basically, <laughs> that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, yep. I, look, I, it's unfortunate. The Four Seasons Resort, on in the other hand, just immaculate. Mm. In fact, when, you know, when the Lakers come to town, when Boston, uh, the Celtics, you know, it's very topical at the moment, when um, uh, Golden State, when all those... Teams yep. come to town. When the New York Yankees come to town, guess where they stay? They all stay at the Four <laughs> Seasons because the resort it's is sensational. But the Duke golf courses that they have there in Los Colinas, they say Irving, but it's in Los Colinas, are garbage. Yep. And they've been found out. So I think what's going to happen, I think you'll find that they'll get both redone. They've got two golf courses there. They should probably get Tom Doak. I know Tom Doak, you know, now Tom Doak famously did Barn Boogle, he did uh, St. Yes. Andrews Beach. He looks after Royal Melbourne now, does the restorations there. Mm-hmm. Tom Doak is also looking after the ocean course at the, the National. National. Well, old mate uh, Dr. Turf, yes, his brother Mark Rothfield yes. is a member there, and I've seen the plants. Yeah, the plants, and, and they're, they not just, they're not just redoing the greens and the Had tees. A look at them yesterday. They're redoing the entire routing Ooh. of the ocean course. Yep. Apparently, you're going to get ocean views, mm-hmm. which you would think you should have been so. there in the first place, <laughs> known as the ocean course. I mean, course. it's right there. <laughs> right? So... He 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 is the number one. Yeah. He he actually did a golf course in the middle of nowhere. Texas, at my old school, Texas Tech. He did a, he did a golf course for uh, Texas Tech and the and the and the school and every and apparently it's unbelievable. Now what they should do if they can put up seven and a half million bucks for prize money. I mean the prize money we're getting 
crazy now. This mm. isn't the Players' Championship. It's not the Masters. This was just the Byron Nelson. Seven and a half million bucks. I think Billy Horshaw for winning got 1.3 million US. Not bad. That's up around 1.7 or mm. 1.8 million Australian dollars for winning a tournament. By the way, our Australian Open, it was only a $1.5 million tournament this year. So the winning purse in a tournament like the Byron Nelson is the entire purse yep. of our Australian Open. Remarkable yep. how much money they're playing for over there. But if they can get $7.5 bucks up the prize money, then they can probably get Tom Doak uh, probably 3 or $4 million bucks yeah. to do a little redo. Fix her up. Get the golf course up and going. The golf course where it is is garbage. It's got a beautiful statue there of Byron Nelson. And you want the tournament to be at the Four Seasons, in my view. But they need to redo it yep. completely. In fact, not just redo it, they need to start again. And not just one course, both courses on the property yep. and start again. Yep. Billy Horshaw, can we just quickly have yes, a chat about can. him? Yep. Did you notice his speed of play and the way he did things? Well, he just hits. He just looks and hits. Yep. And that's exactly what he would do on the practice putting green on Tuesday. It's exactly what he would do when he's playing with his mates at home for 100 bucks a hole. <laughs> it's exactly what he'd do during the Pro-Am. And when he was under pressure, he did exactly what he has trained to do his entire life. And because he did that, he was the number one putter for the week in strokes gained putting. Makes sense. Jason Day, by the way, was number two. Yeah. Uh, and Jason Day... that back nine. <laughs> yeah, Jason Day, last season, he broke every record there was in the strokes gained putting stat that's been going around for about five or six years. Correct me if I... I apologise if I'm wrong there. But he's... A, came into this tournament at 140. So he's gone from breaking all the records being number one last year to being 140th. This week comes in at number two. It's a totally different Jason Day. So mm -hmm. hopefully he sorts out what happened. He hasn't been in that winning position for a while. No. So he'll look at the tapes. I'm sure he will. His coach, who is also his caddy, caddy. Um, will they'll go through everything. That It'll be the easiest mistake in the whole world to pick up. And perhaps Jason, he stays injury-free. There are no more little incidents along the way. Uh, hopefully, he can win something major. Well, this there's year. a couple of big ones coming up. Yeah, so. U.S. Open at Aaron Hills. Mm. We, we're going to have a we're going to preview Aaron Hills in the next couple of shows. Yes. It's a brand new golf. When I say brand new, it's about 15, 15 years old. Kelly Craft won a U.S. Amateur there in two thousand and nine. Uh -huh. It looks amazing. The property it's on, they could have built two golf courses. <laughs> But they just built one, so it's perfect for a US Open. They could get a hundred thousand there and you know, everyone to get a view. Yeah. And they hardly moved any soil. It's just really rolling hills. They've done a little bit here and there with the tractors, but it's gonna be an amazing venue. And I think it will become a regular regular rotation mm. in for the US Open. I think it's up near Wisconsin. I think yep. that's the way I remember it. Okay. Anyway, but Looking look out for this course as well, yeah. We're going to get to a break, Marco. Still plenty more to come. I want to talk to you about Jordan Spieth's putter. Yeah. Went the mallet. Yeah. Didn't like it. Came back straight away. Now he's back to the old Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll I'll talk about that putters. I'll tell you why. styles of putters. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Let's, we'll, we'll do that after yep. the break. And why mm. pros change yep. from time to time. Why you see they change. Also, Tiger Woods, back surgery. Yeah, I noticed uh, he's come out and said everything's going well. Yes. Um, Still a while back. Oh, he's miles away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely miles away. But Come, I think his surgery, the one he needed to have. Yeah, that's more, right. More so important. it's fused. Mm. Things have been fused downstairs. So, you know, once, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what he'll have to do in his swing. Yep. Next. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, we're back. It is The Clubhouse. Mark Allen, Julian Bayard with you. So 
we talk all things golf, uh, Jason Day back near the top. We like that. Yes, very good. Well, it's good. Good to have an Australian back near the top. Congratulations to Jason. Now, Jordan Spieth, Marco. Yeah, what the old from his putter. Famous Scotty Cameron. Yeah, just a one that's a copy. Yep. I think 009. Had it for a long time. His junior career, the whole lot. Yep. Had the rust on the back. Yep. Everything. Yeah. Aaron Bedley still putts with a similar putter mm. as well. Oh, he did for a long time. I'm not sure what he's got at the moment. I think the last time I saw Aaron, he had a, um, I think they call it a saber tooth. Yeah. So he's been messing around a little bit, Aaron, but he stayed with a putter very much like Jordan Spieth's mm-hmm. for a long, long, long time. But sometimes you just need to be a little freshen up. Yep. And it's a bit like Jules. Uh, if you're going to start a little fitness campaign, how handy is it if you just go and buy yourself a new pair of sneakers? That's it. Gets because you going. It gets you going. Gets you excited. Gets you excited. Yep. And you want to test them out. Yeah. And this is what happens when you putt. For, you know, if you're a professional golfer and you are true to your profession and you practice your putting for at least one hour a day, at least one hour a day, and then after the, the one hour's practice, you do some pressure work, which could take 10 minutes, could take an hour, depending on how mm. good you've how good you're putting at the time. Pressure work, by the way. I, I never used to, loo- to, to leave. I used to leave my putting till last. I would practice my putting for one hour. And then at the end, I wouldn't leave until I'd hold uh, 10, four or five footers, in straight putts in a row. Yeah. Then right to left, the same length, four or five feet, 10 in a row, had to go in. And then if you hold 10 in a row straight, 10 in a row right to left, then you can move on to the left or righters, which is the toughest one if you're a right-hander. And you had to hold 10 in a row, uh, left to right. So you don't have to hold 30 putts in a row, <laughs> but you had to hold 10 in a row straight. You yeah. might have had a couple of misses along the way, but finally got 10 in a row. 10 in a row, right to left, 10 in a row, left to right. And then you can leave. And that was my practice routine for probably 20 years. I might never leave the practice ground if that was Well, that's required. the thing. That is the thing. So you can adjust to whatever level you're mm. at. So I would recommend for most play- people not to do four or five feet, but to do two or three feet. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple, two or three and a half feet. If that's pretty easy to do, then you graduate to a little bit longer. Yeah. But you want it to be a test and you want to be able to feel some pressure on those left to righters and the straight ones and the right to lefters. So you progress. Sometimes it took me an hour. Sometimes it took five minutes. It was really simple. But there's got to be a little bit of pressure putting all the time, all the time. So once that's done every single day of your professional life, believe me, Jules, Things can get a little bit stale. Yes. You need to change it up. <laughs> you need to change it up. Yep. And particularly if Get you don't fresh. feel like everything's going your way yep. on the putting greens. Now, George Spieth, when he was playing his best, his putting was unmatched, particularly under pressure. Uh, and Jordan Spieth was a ripper mm-hmm. for trusting everything that he did. You yes. know, but you, he, just I can rip. he just rip, step up and go back. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, it, and it looks like you're almost arrogant. Yeah. But in actual fact, and he just wouldn't miss. You're just staying true to yourself. Yeah. You're just staying true to what you've always practiced. Well, this is what he said before. He said, yeah. "I was having a tough time lining the ball up where I wanted it, or getting comfortable with my setup with the yeah. old putter, and that's why I made the switch to a putter that kind of lined itself up." Correct. I just lost a little bit of the feel that I had with the putter I've been using, however, for however many years. Yep. But what I did. And what I feel now is really comfortable with my alignment. I got my setup back with this mallet putter, yeah. and now I'm gone. Yeah, it's amazing. So if, if you if you ever go and get fitted, there are all kinds of putters. Mm. You know, there are blade type putters, yep. uh, the center shafted putters, there are the answer ball. putters, <laughs> there are saber tooths. There's the new fandangle thing from Scotty Cameron that you know everyone seems to be using. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you've got the Jason Day as well, the spider. Spider. 
with the, uh, it's called a plumber's neck on it. Um, and that's kind of like an old blade, but you've, it's, it's like a blade putter. It sits like a blade putter, but you've got this um, enormous mallet back. Yeah. So there are so many different, and each, each putter for everyone's different eye and the way that they putt, you'll line up differently slightly. You'll aim it differently. Different features on the putter mm-hmm. will, will, they will either suit or not suit your eye. And what Jordan there is talking about is that he went to the mallet putter, lined it up for itself. The ball position probably became easy again. Bang, I'm fresh. Let's go back and see if the, my new putter feels good. And, and you know, he lost the feel. Straight away after a week, he's probably got the feel back. Yep. But all they're doing when you see a pro is just trying to keep things fresh. Yep. Um, for instance, I've now got the spider putter. I always felt like I was aiming left. Um, you know, I've, I've been putting with the same putter for a long time. And... I felt like I was always aiming a little bit left. I put the spider putter down, which is the one that J- Dustin Johnson uses at the moment. I put that down, and automatically I just felt like it was lined up perfectly. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just using that for a while. Eventually, something will go bad with that, to where <laughs> I just back. feel like it just doesn't sit the way I want it to sit for the way that I'm stroking it. And it won't be long. I'll go into the pro shop, have a bit of a fiddle around. This one feels good, and... You know, drop another 300 and away I go. I've got another putter. But you don't want to swap all the time. No. You don't want to swap all the time. But that is why pros swap regularly. Sometimes you'll see guys use the same putter all their life. Ben Crenshaw, you know, a lot of hardly ever changed. Uh, Greg Norman changed from time to time. But you just need a little freshen up sometimes. Your eye just needs to stay fresh. Gives you a tiny little different feel, the different weights, the different uh, club face balances. And it just switches you on sometimes when you've been doing all those drills for 20 years of your life <laughs> sometimes the freshen up is great yep. and that's that's all jordan did it wasn't panic stations yep. it's great to hear it, the quotes that you just read out before uh, and it is exactly why the pros change and then he went and played uh two practice rounds with his caddy yeah with the uh the new putter yes said putted great yeah felt good got his alignment back yeah fixed things up because Missed the cut, obviously, at uh, Byron, Byron Nelson. Nelson. And also missed the cut, I think, at the Players' Championship mm. as well, I reckon. First time for a long time he's missed two right. cuts in a row. Was negative 2.2 just about uh, strokes game Oof. putting. That's Jordan horrible. Smith. And that was with the new putter. Right. So he didn't he no. didn't putt well. But then he went away. Came back. A couple of good practice rounds. Yep. Felt alignment good. Putted really well. Got his feel back. back. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, if, you, if, if you are Green Crenshaw, if you are Jordan Spieth, and this putter has always suited your eye... Mm. You go away to something different, I can guarantee you by the time you come back, because it suited your eye back in the old days, it's just bang. It's going to suit your eye again. Yep. So that's all it is. Yep. That's all it is. And he, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he goes at Aaron Hills where the US Open's being played yes. and also the P- uh, the the British Open and also the PGA because it, it, the tournaments are better when he's around. Oh, I love watching him. We need as many Fast poster player. boys in <laughs> the world of golf playing in the majors. We need as many as we possibly can. And the poster girls as well. All right. Story uh, on the Golf Channel this week, Marco. One month after his fourth back surgery, Tiger Woods offered an optimistic outlook in his latest blog mm. post. Woods underwent an anterior lumbar interbody fusion. Fusion. Uh, About a month right. ago. So Tiger Woods, you know, one of the reasons that he got massive uh, because, you know, he went crazy in the gym yeah. because he was... Um, like it's super flexible, yeah. Like way too flexible. He used to keep his hips still because he was way too flexible. He got his shoulders massive because his shoulders were too flexible, and that was a great way for him to swing because it just tightened everything up. Now with a fusion, he's going to have to turn those hips to yeah. c- 
create the shoulder turn to create the power. Now, because he has had his hips so still for so long, it'll feel like, you know, it'll, his golf swing will feel crazy loose. Mm-hmm. Even though when he sees it on the video, mm-hmm. it'll look beautiful. But to him and his mind, it'll feel very loose. And then, you know, then, now all of a sudden, he's got to, once he gets back in tournament play, then he's got to start trusting it. And under pressure, that's this is what this is what happens, folks. Under pressure, he'll start Doing. more than likely. He'll start keeping. He'll go back to what's always worked always for him, worked. which is keeping his hips still. And then the fusion won't allow his shoulders to turn back. And then because his shoulders won't turn back fully, his <laughs> arms will come up. Now, if it's not Tiger, this might be someone else I'm talking about out there listening on the radio right yes, now. He's had some back problems. You're just getting older, yep. or you've got a stiff back. And you've kept your hips still your whole life, but because you're hyper flexible, you could do pretty much whatever you wanted. But as you get into your forties and your fifties, and that's where Tiger is headed mm-hmm. right now. He's in his forties. He'll be approaching, yes. you know, now drifting into the fifties. Forty-one year old he is. Yeah. Well, next stop is fifty. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to change his swing, particularly when they've fused some vertebrae down the bottom of his back. So I'll be interested to see how he's swinging next time. Quotes. It's hard to express how much better I feel. Woods wrote, it was instant nerve relief. I haven't felt this good in years. I couldn't live with the pain that I had. We tried every possible non-surgical route and nothing worked. I had good days and bad days, but the pain was usually there and I couldn't do much. Even lying down hurt. I had nerve pain with everything I did and it was at the end of my rope. As for returning to competitive golf, the long-term prognosis is positive. My surgeon and physiotherapist say the operation was successful. It's just a matter of not screwing it up and letting it fuse. But I want to say unequivocally, I want to play professional golf again. Right. So it sounds like we're going to see him probably in the full series and he'll yep. be getting ready for a, a big around. 2018 yep. by, by the sounds of it. So it, it just shows you, though, that you shouldn't listen to professional sports people. Because when he first arrived uh-huh. back, he was rip-roaring, ready oh, to go. I mean, My back is a million so bucks. Ever. My back is a million dollars and I cannot wait. You know, so, And that's what you've got to tell yourself, by the yep. way. You, do, you can't turn up on the first tee and look at the media and say, oh, no, I'm stuffed. My back hurts and it's affecting my golf swing. You've actually got to tell yourself. Put a positive attitude out Everything's there. going to be great. Yep. But now, uh, as we look back, clearly he was underdone, sore, uh, and not fit for golf. And you could see that in his golf swing. His golf swing was pathetic. His golf swing was not a golf swing that belonged on the U.S. Tour, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. His right shoulder was up and out. He was clearly protecting something. Uh, and it's actually really nice to hear that um, everything that we thought, he's now ticked it off. Yep. Yes, you guys. Maybe he's actually figured having it a look out. At it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not invincible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice to not. Uh, it's very nice to hear that everything we could see, he now admits. Yep. So that's great. So look, that's. I I, I want to see him back playing well. Mm. I want to see him back swinging well. Um, I wonder what's going to happen. Ooh. I wonder what's going to happen. Imagine. Can you imagine the hype? Marco, mm-hmm. let's talk about this for a second. If he comes back, yeah, oh, this is a complete yeah. hypothetical. If he comes back and gets to the top ten again, and there's a major, and there's a mar, oh, let's pick the Masters. Yep, right. There's a Masters Sunday afternoon. Yeah, where he's two shots down, coming yeah. into the back nine. Yeah, that'll be the most watched golf tournament. <laughs> It'll be enormous of all time if he yeah. comes back. Look, it happened in 1987. Jack Nicklaus was cooked. He was gone. Yep. For all money. I think he started 80, that was the 86 Masters. I think he started like eight shots back. Mm. Something crazy. In his mind, 65 was the number that he wanted to shoot. 65 or 66. Um, and he birdied nine. He birdied 10. 
What are you doing 11? I think he, he birdied 11. He bogeyed 12. Birdied 13. Birdied on a part 14. <laughs> He's eagled 15. Oh, yes, sir. Birdied 16. <laughs> the famous birdie on mm-hmm. 17. And then part the last. He shot 30 on the back nine with a bogey. And that was six under par for the back nine. But he also birdied the ninth hole, which means he was seven under par the last ten with a bogey. Yep. Remarkable. Extraordinary. He went on the win. So that tournament, to me, is still <laughs> the biggest tournament that I've ever watched. The best tournament that I've ever watched with all the names. Mm. Shark was involved. Mm. Sevy right there. Um, Tom Kite was being a menace. He was around. No one wanted him to win. Just get out of there. But what you're saying is right. If Tiger Woods comes back oh. and does the same sort of thing that Jack yep. did in 86, the biggest and most watched tournament the world would have ever seen. Yep. Oh, I, I hope, hope it so. happens. I hope so too. I hope it happens. We're going to get to a break, Marco. We're going to talk, uh, you talked to a youngster during the week about turning pro. Yeah, Zach Murray. Uh, we got him on for a different reason, actually. We got him on to talk about the, the Commonwealth Golf Club, which won Divi 1 Seniors, Divi 1 Ladies and Divi 1 Colts. <laughs> Never, ever, ever been done before. Uh, on the Victorian pennant scene. And, you know, players from Queensland, New South Wales, Perth, um, everywhere they come to play. And, you know, they're almost poached. It's almost like a black market out there to get (laughs) some of these gun players to come down and play for their club. Zach Murray is a boy from Albury. Uh, He's a member of the Victorian team. He's playing off plus six. Um, So we got him on to talk about Commonwealth, but it morphed into a conversation about how you turn pro in today's age. Let's listen to that after the break. We'll be back. This is the Clubhouse. You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, you certainly are. Welcome back. It is The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with you, uh, talking all things golf. Mm. And Marco, uh, young Zach Murray. Yeah, spoke to Zach during the week. Uh, He's a young gun, plays for Victoria, playing off plus six. Did very well at Commonwealth. They've won the Divi 1 pennant final. Like I said uh, before the break, he played for Victoria when they won the state series. Uh, We got him on for a different reason, but the conversation turned into... How do you turn pro these days? And what sort of a player do you need to be to turn pro? This is how it went down. What are your options, Zach? What do you do? I mean, someone like you, you're set to go. What's the first step, do you think? Um, well, I think my first step is, is I go to Europe on Monday and I've got um, three you know, very good amateur events over there. And then I go to the States and I've got another three or four over there as well. So at the moment, I just want to try and play as well in those as I can um, to sort of get my amateur world ranking up a little bit to sort of help me out, get um, get starts and stuff when I do turn pro. That's sort of, that's my thinking at the moment. But um, other than that, I'm you know, just just putting the head down and, and trying to play well everywhere I go. Um, and as you said, like, that's what you got to do when, when you turn pro. you got to play well everywhere. Um, so I'm just sort of, making sure that I do that as an amateur so I'm comfortable when I do go overseas um, and have, you know, my first couple of starts might be in Europe or might be in America as a pro. You just never know. So Mm. um, I'm just trying to build up that experience before I do turn pro, you know, probably in the next sort of 12 to 18 months, I imagine. It's interesting, um, Zach, and this is a good topic, Marco, because um, when when you hear Marco talk like that, it can be even for me. I've been there and done it and I'm on the other side of it now yeah. but it, it's a frightening topic for a lot of younger on the on the flip side you can talk about a nick o'hearn or an ian poulter who yeah. came from way back yeah way back nick o'hearn was playing off four when he turned exactly exactly right and, and a dave mckenzie style right yeah. he's just made a living but 
It's the the trick, Zach. I think, if you want my two cents, is to get better every year. Mm. Just not stop getting better, which is yeah. easier said than done, obviously. So, do you mm. feel comfortable about, you know, you know what it takes to get better every year? Yeah, I do, and um, I've been spending a lot of time with with Acker up at home, and he's always telling me that you know you, you got to get better every year, and you got to tweak a few things, and um, you don't want to be stagnant. You want to, you know keep climbing the mountain and um, you never w- really want it to plateau too much. You always want to get better. And even DJ said the other day, world number one, he was, you know, everyone wants to get better, but yep. you got to know how to do it. And, yep. um, you know, I'm pretty lucky that I've got, you know, half a dozen people around me um, that have a pretty big influence on my golf that are you know, helping me, help me march up that mountain. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting there and I'm definitely improved. I've definitely improved um, a fair bit over the last sort of, six or seven months, so um, everything's everything's going pretty well. well. Zach, we've been watching from afar, mate, and everything looks fantastic to us. I mean, there doesn't seem too many hiccups with the way you're playing the game. You know, for what it's worth, I think once you start feeling comfortable wherever you are, that'll give you the best chance, but uh, good luck, Good on Zach. radio, too. Yeah, he's very good young on radio. Bloke. You might be doing chasing birdies if things don't work <laughs> yes, out, Zach. you might. Who knows what might happen. <laughs> hey, hey, Zach, Congratulations on the win at Commonwealth and the state team victory and what you did in Adelaide and making the cut in the Australian Open. But more importantly, uh, just with uh, what's coming up ahead, good luck. Look after yourself and uh, we wish you all the best. Good luck, Zach. Thanks very much, Marco. Cheers, Spence. Good on you. There is Marco. Zach Murray good having kid. a chat with yourself and Craig Spence He's on Chasing kid. Birdies. Good talker too. Yes. He's a really good talker. Nice to listen to. Yep. Uh, and a very, very, very hitter of the golf ball mm. and clearly off plus, oh, six. plus six. You need to be off plus six. Yes. I mean, I said it during the interview, but if you're a kid out there right now and you're playing off plus two or what plus three. What are you three, off now? I'm off plus two as it stands. What's the, the best like, handicap-wise? What's oh, the well, highest when you when I turned two? pro, I was off plus four. Plus and that four. was back in 1990. Yeah. And it was a different system. So plus four back then probably would have been like plus six or seven, mm-hmm. the way it's all rated today. Um, and I ended up not being any good. So... <laughs> You've got to get the plus six or plus seven yeah. for a chance, in my view. There have been outliers, you know, like Nico Hearn. He turned trainee when he was off four. He ended up being the number 16 player in the world. Got the number 16 in the world, <laughs> Nico Hearn. It's an amazing story. Yep. Ian Poulter's another one. Turned pro. He was, you know, playing off scratch or two, you know, a little bit later uh, and developed into a superstar player. I mean, he's a poster yeah, boy oh, yeah. of golf. But in reality... If you want a chance, not just to be an Australian guy who plays in pro-ams, if you want to play on the European tour, if you want to play on the US tour, if you want to make money and put your kids through school and buy houses and set yourself up for life and not just you know, pitter around the periphery of golf yep. down here in this country, then you want to be off plus six for a chance. Hmm. If you're off plus six, you can play in the pro-ams and probably make you know, a little bit of money around the place. But if you're serious, if you want to be big time, plus six, plus seven... By the time you're 18 or 19, otherwise you're not even in the ball game. Yep. A break. Back when we come back. Plus two, you're a hack. <laughs> Pretty simple. What if you're off nine or ten? No good. <laughs> no. You're very, very good. Uh, we'll be back. A break. Masterclass. Marco's masterclass. To wrap things up, stick around. Marco's masterclass. It is the clubhouse. Marco's masterclass time, where you get a free golf lesson from Mark Allen. We do it all each and every week for Club Mandalay Golf Course. It's uh, sensational. Golf in Melbourne's North. 
visit clubmandalay.com.au, clubmandalay.com.au. You can book online there and save 10% off your round when you use the code from us. It's CM Golf. CM Golf. Put in a little promo box, get 10% off your round. Right, everyone wants to hold more putts, and this is an easy way to do so. It mightn't work straight away, but it'll certainly work in the long run, and that is holding your finish when you putt. So many people who putt poorly, they hit the ball and then their putter bounces back. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. The that best players <laughs> are so confident when they stroke the ball, their putter just stops and it remains still and then they watch the ball go in. Now, when you do something like this, one, you've got to commit to the, the, the length of putt and the length of stroke. You've got to commit. Because if you don't commit, if you're guessing, it's very, it's, it's, well, it's impossible to hold your finish. The other thing about this is I'm a big believer, you know, when you watch boxers, you can see how much power they've got. Everything's really efficient. Yeah. It's the same in a lot of things with golf. You want to be efficient. And when you watch a good putter hold their finish, they look efficient. The putting looks simple. They look confident. And more often than not, they're putting beautiful rolls on the pill. But if you're not sure, if you're second-guessing yourself, then you never, ever hold your finish because you're always worried about what's going to happen. Mm. So... Very simple today. Go through your routine, just as you would on your practice putting green when you're out there with a card and a pencil in your back pocket. Look where the hole is and start holding your finish. But a real key, hold your finish in your practice strokes as well. Yep. Don't just wait until you're actually over the ball to hold your finish. When you're having a practice stroke, instead of having three or four in a row, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, don't do that. Just have one. Look at the hole. Look back. I mean, if you're having your practice stroke looking at a hole, that's one thing. If you're having your practice stroke looking at the ground, that's another. Both are fine. But just have one and hold the finish in your practice stroke as well. So hold the finish in the practice stroke, get over the ball, look at the target, look at the line, roll the ball on that line and hold your finish just like you did in the practice stroke. Watch what happens. Lesson from today, Marco. Hmm? Do the same thing on the golf course that you do when you're practicing. Yeah, I wonder if we should send this to Jason, Dave. (laughs) Maybe we should send it to Jason... And maybe we'll get a reply. Good luck, Jace. We want you to play well. (laughs) Hey, Mark, I'll see you next week. See you next week, buddy.